Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Personal Growth Fridays. Um, every week we rotate it in and out, people in all different industries, different backgrounds and kind of different lives. Um, I want to get a bit of everything in here and we've got quite a, a new one compared to the normal standard sales douchebags that I've had on, on here before. <laughs> um so i'm actually joined by a friend of mine uh cam so is it cam cameron what do you want to be on this what do you want to... oh well, well you can go cam whatever's comfortable with you i'll make it work perfect right so cam who are you and how do we know each other uh i won't go into the too much of the gory details for mm-hmm. how, how we know each other but yeah. um uh my name is cameron um i've known max what for now about a couple, what, what four or five months now yep still um honeymoon we, stage we, yeah, through, through all that, uh, the good rugby stuff, as everybody normally is, who gets dragged into this particular adventure. Um, yeah, I know Max four or five months now uh, through the Batsy Rugby um, scene, um, and currently uh, I work for Barclays as part of their financial crime team, but um, I've only been in London doing all that good stuff uh, since uh, about Christmas time last year, in the depths of uh, a pandemic, mm-hmm. I'd made the bold decision to to leave the army uh i did uh, just i was uh, sort of just over five years really with them um in the royal artillery uh went all over the place did a couple of different things worked with the royal marines a couple of different elements uh mixing in there a bit of time overseas um uh and uh yeah just um really settling into it now and um, embracing the post-military life and being a dirty civvy as we as we would call it so, did you join the army? We actually haven't spoke too much about this even in person. Did you join the army straight after school? What was the What was the jump? Um, for me, to be honest, I didn't know what else I really wanted to do yeah. when I was young. Um, I so- originally sort of first looked at it through a family friend who we ch- who I chatted to, who was a major in the parachute regiment, and uh, the guys who jump out of planes and wear the pink hats. Uh, for those that don't know um and uh yeah he thought it'd be quite a good fit for me i didn't know what else i wanted to do and this is about 14 15 i was playing a lot of rugby at the time yeah um doing all that that sort of stuff you do when you're 14 15 years old trying to figure out what the hell you're going to do with your life um and short of doing the sort of joining up as a soldier i sort of decided that i was gonna take a stab at the officer's career path which um and get involved in their scholarship program so i got picked up and did um essentially officer selection at 16 um and that sort of helped me through uh from sort of 16 all the way through till to 21 and then i end up going to sandhurst and doing uh all of my officer training from from that point onwards and um it kind of gave me a good little bit of direction um a sort of bit of focus uh was going on in the background um didn't particularly tie me to anything prior to joining up but um it was certainly uh, a good fit for me at that point and and uh Certainly no regrets of sort of signing on to it at that, that particular point. That's the bit that blows my mind a bit. Like, you, you say you didn't have your life figured out when you were 16. Well, I'm 25 and I'm still pretty clueless as to what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> like, and, and when I was 16, I'll be honest, I was I was playing Call of Duty and wanking into a sock. That was about like as... as <laughs> oh, don't worry, there was still plenty of that. That was like as, as, as bold a decision as I made at that age was just which sock was going to get it that night. Um so, like, what made you kind of feel that you had to make that big decision then? I don't feel no. It was it wasn't necessarily some a decision that I wanted to make. Um, it was just something that was an option yeah. that was available at the time. Yeah. Um, my 
family, whether it was, you know, grandparents or great grandparents or even my parents were both had some sort of military background. Yeah. So they, um, you know, had that insight, if you will, and, yeah. and to sort of say they might be a good fit. Um, and I would say when I was, I was always told when I was younger that I was 30 when I was 13. So yeah. like, I certainly would think about those sort of things when I was a little bit younger or whatnot about what I wanted to do. And, um, but ultimately it was something that I wanted to do, but I wasn't hundred percent sure how to do it, whether I wanted to do, you know, like it could be the army in general terms and yeah. people think about the military and those. Oh. So the connection has gone. You've got to love these online things. Right, um, well, yeah, whilst Kevin comes back, because I, I know we kind of joke around, but for me personally, like, I, I had no idea what I was doing at that age. You know, like, I was purely just trying to figure out, actually, you know, where I was going, you know, how I was getting to school that day and sixth form and things like that. Um, right, oh, we're back in action. Back. There you go. Yeah, I was just saying, at that age, obviously, I was, I was fucking clueless. Um, you know, like... <laughs> No, no, it, 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 as I, I'm not quite sure you lost me, but um, I think it was more a case of I knew I wanted to do something that had like a challenge part of it. Yeah. Um, it had like elements of discipline, which is always useful, I think. Mm -hmm. And I'd come from a very structured household, to put it politely. And yeah. <laughs> um, I think so it made it made a good fit for me. And I think... If I was quite fortunate in a way that I've sort of found something that was quite a good fit yeah. and had a lot of the elements that I enjoyed. I could still do as part of my army career, still got to, you know, play rugby and yeah. do like be physical and active while still challenge myself mentally. So and that was really nice. Um but yeah, like it, when I eventually made the choice to leave, it was because I think I'd done all the things that I wanted to do and it was the right career for the right time uh at the right stage in my life to to really do and i'd still stand by and say it's probably one of the better or best jobs you can do straight out of that sort of that period of your life when you you know you want to get out and see the world and yeah. do new things and do new challenges and try and do it that way and that's and that's really enjoyable that way yeah, definitely and then because the big thing i was going to say to you about like kind of coming out what was it like um what was the what was kind of the biggest challenges going from like you know that kind of regimented military lifestyle sort of thing so then all of a sudden you know as you say civvy life sort of thing you know where <laughs> you know, there isn't any structure at all really i think like there were some bits that were very daunting yeah um you know you're having a lot of your life sort of regimented and planned out for you and this is the next hoop you need to jump through um in order for your next career step and all that sort of stuff is quite um laid out for you when you're in the army but when it comes to being in the in the civilian space you've kind of got to make your own decisions yeah which as challenging as that is or as daunting as that might seem um in some ways it's you quickly realize that's one of the reasons why you're wanting to leave in the first place so you yeah. can make the decisions and make those choices and have that control because that's something you don't necessarily have um and the the army has a when you decide you're going to leave your relocation time or your notice one about word is 12 month period. So, right. um, it's not like you, you know, step out the door and you're in the big bad world and you haven't sort of prepared yourself. You yeah. Make decisions about what you want to do. And then you start putting all those feelers out and doing that civilian 
networking and yeah. like meetings and travel stuff which obviously i had to do during covid which was a challenge in itself and if anything made it a lot more complicated than perhaps it might have originally yeah, been definitely. but um it's i just like i've not found it too difficult simply because it wasn't like i i was kicked out the door it was something that i wanted to do it's a change i wanted to make yeah. um and when you are resettling uh the you know you talk about sort of what directions or the challenges you have i think one of the things that we get taught or we speak about or uh, as part of that process is sort of the employment triangle right yeah. which you know i th- i think is probably one of the better tidbits that have come out of that my sort of whole process which is sort of balancing what you want from your career or your life in general when you go and do something new or eat or lunch in the day to day really. Yeah. And that, that triangle is sort of like your work life balance, right? Um, your job satisfaction and your monetary payoff, right? And finding a role that balances those three things yeah. effectively, um, is quite hard to come by. Um, and people are often looking for and hunting for the perfect job and all these sorts mm. of things. And often those things are very hard to find. And so what you actually find yourself doing as part of that like development process or self-coaching, if you want to call it that, is yeah. sort of say, okay, what, uh, at what the point in my life, in my time, in my career, what do I want to prioritise? What do I... Yeah, what's one, two, three sort of thing? What's the one, two, three? Do I want to work incredibly hard, have a really poor work-life balance, like not see my mates and whatnot, um, and have a bit and potentially have a big monetary payoff as a result. But that might mean that I'm not overly like getting happy a lot of jobs job. like yeah. happy with the job that I'm doing because I'm making those sacrifices. Yeah. Or do I want, you know, like pure happiness and pure coin, but that also means that because I love my job and I get paid really well for it, but I've got no work-life balance or like, and those yeah. different roles and deciding what it is you want to do is kind of like the the classic sort of Venn diagram that you're always trying to wrestle with when you certainly when you leave the, the forces and that's that choice that you then get to make when you're a little bit older and wiser. But um, I think if that was something that you know people thought about when they're sort of really starting off their career mm. and understand that that's a fluid thing. Yeah, it's realistic. Yeah. Yeah, because it'd be like, oh, like when when you're 21 or whatever, when you first start in work or at any point, you can sort of turn around and say, well, like I want to work really hard and like understand that I'm probably not going to get the, the coin payoff, but like I want to find a job that I really like and that might be what you prioritise. Yeah. But equally, you might be surrounded by friends that are chasing the cash and push themselves that way. And that means that, you know, they're... Um, their job satisfaction is really poor, but they're just chasing, you know, the next job, the next yeah, job, yeah. the payout and all those sorts of things. So, it's yeah, like, it's, that, it's that perspective that you sort of learn to, to deal with. So I, I used to say that to my um, to my mates uh, when we kind of were leaving uni and going into work. I used to say, like, you got to, I, I used to break it down. So it was like the location of the job, like, do you want to travel far sort of thing or are you happy to be around the corner? Um like pay obviously you know which is a big factor and as, as you said like do you actually enjoy your job um and it and i had a couple of mates who like unrealistically just wanted everything you know like and and they and they were they where they were from like a fortunate situation where mum and dad could help them out and cover their back sort of thing for a bit they weren't in a, a pressured situation where they need a job so yeah. all of a sudden they could you know take their time and look for this I and mean, they never found it you know like and, mm. unless you're very 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 lucky 
doesn't exist. Um, and I used to say, because like, for me personally, I've always said, like, I, I want... I don't mind if my work-life balance is a bit crap at times, you know, like as long as, for me personally, I want the money and I want the job satisfaction, you yeah. know, like, and I don't mind, because I, I kind of am a bit like, you know, I'll work hard Monday to Friday and then hopefully Saturday be able to enjoy myself after, you know, after we play rugby, I can get as many pints as I want, you know, like, and yeah. I can get a domino Sunday. Um, and, yes, yeah, so that was me. What did, what did you pick out of interest? Or what um, I think when... I was in the army, I would say I was chasing more of a, or like, I think it was, it was a good balance of those three things, but often at the time it was a, it was a type of job that could rapidly shift from one of those to any of the others. And yeah. the random, it could be, you know, relatively money, well paid raid position um where you know you're on base for like a period of time and you know and then you might have some skiing thrown in and blah 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 mm. and, and stuff but that could also then rapidly shift to spending like i did like nine months overseas yeah uh, eastern europe where like you're you don't see any of your mates and that's like that's the yeah. but that and that's the balance and that's what the what's called like the arm the army life you know that's what's yeah. a life rather than the job right um whereas now i would say my priority is probably more on the work-life balance and monetary payoff. Mm. I think, like, is the job that I'm doing right now exactly what I want? I don't think necessarily it is, but yeah. um, I'm my sort of what I what I prescribe to, if you like it, um, in terms of like my my role is very strategy orientated, and I try yeah. and apply that now when I'm sort of doing what I want to do. And it's like the term that gets banded around when it comes to that is like north star thinking. Yeah. Um, and you know, you know, if you want to end up in a particular place, you know, 40, you know, relatively well paid up, um, like good work, like balance, like perhaps a, a healthy relationship with your friends and family and yeah. all sorts of things like, um, like, are you willing to take no, which hoops perhaps you need to jump through to get to that? Like, um, can, how wide an arc or how far can you step left? How far can you step right? As long as you're still heading in the generally yeah, the right direction. Yeah, going forward. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I think, and that's what exactly what you talk about. Like, you know, which priority it is can shift and change depending on what where you are in your life, what other priorities are. But it's just, I think, it's a case of making that choice. I think, and as long as you're proactive and, um, you know, get like understand that there's an, an overall end goal, whatever that might be. It could yeah. be to six weeks could be 12 months could be five years if you've just got a genuine general idea of where you want to get to it comes back to basic goal setting you know yeah um which you know that's something that you you've talked about a lot on here and that's as long as there's a goal like that's essentially a subsection of what strategy is you know like you've yeah. got yeah, an yeah. overall vision you've got your guiding star where you want to go you know this is what i'd kind of like to to do and then that goes down to you know the goals and that's like the operationalizing of it like what's the reality what yeah. do i need to do in order to do that and then that can the next step down from that is the tactical side of it it's the delivery it's the the tangible changes that i yeah, can what make can you actually do yeah actually do to get there and you know if you're talking about, you know, wanting to do this particular role or have the, like a broad scheme of what it is you want to be doing, you know, you ultimately break it down to that like, tactical level where you're saying, okay, I need, probably need to do this qualification. I probably need to 
you know get a mentor in yeah. this particular area I, like and those are just li- you've broken down something that's quite big and taken the small step and you go okay i can tamp i can dabble a little bit of this i can dabble a little bit of that and it's all going in generally the same direction and then it'll all sort of work itself out yeah no basically i always think i think because then the problem is i think everyone just looks at purely kind of the north stars as you put it um and like realistically that's probably not as you say tangible overnight you know, like yeah. you, you need to, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? You know, exactly. like, yeah, yeah. The, the end goal is the North Star. But like to get there, yeah, she takes 10 or 15, as you said, qualifications, experience, mentor, things like that. And I think this is the bit where like younger people, I feel, when they first start a job are quite impatient. Oh, yeah. Yeah, is, sure. is that they want that, they want the, you know, six figure, you know, salary, <laughs> you know, like, and they also want to be able to have long lunch breaks. And they also want to be able to, you know, do what the fuck they want in the day. And it's and it's kind of like, well, it's, you, it's a really rude awakening when you realise that about two-thirds of that is impossible. And mm. B, it's going to take a fucking long time to actually get to a point where it's even an option. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, people just get sort of... I obviously people like when they first join they're looking for the next job they want the job they want is the is the next job yeah it's not the job yeah. that they get it's you know it's the next job it's like what what the, what the hell I, I saw this gucci flashy managerial thing that i saw on wolf of wall street or that i saw in like you know in the next this or that yeah. and i think that's what my idealized sort of sense of work is going to be and of course there's sometimes that goes on like there's plenty of silver spoon types kicking around that yeah i've handed that to them but like nine times out of ten you know there's a lot of hard work that goes in before that there's a lot of preparation there's a lot of realizing like like you're actually in the wilderness for like four or five years yeah yeah unless you're very fortunate to have like you know particular jobs that have that set path that, that sort of make it easy for you yeah you do have to shovel through a lot of shit to be honest you know like and then eventually you do kind of you you either find something you like do you know what i think you you often find as you said that one of the three things is you find out kind of which one you want more i think yeah. you know, that's what you kind of figure out as you go along life so for me when i first started work job satisfaction just wasn't even a factor in my mind like i genuinely yeah. thought like i would do fucking anything in the world you know like as long as i'm getting paid well and i'm you know and i'm i can go on a piss up on the weekend yeah that was like when i thought you know that's all i care about and then as I've kind of slightly changed roles and I've actually found jobs that I actually don't mind doing, you know, like I'm not saying I'm one of these people like I wake up buzzing on a Monday morning, but I, I, don't, I don't dislike it. I quite like it. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, and that's good exactly. enough, you know, like. Yeah. yeah, I think like, like as you say, it's like, it's what, what do you, what makes you happy? Yeah. I guess. Like, and like, that's what I mean by it changes all through the time. It's like, when you speak to, like that's why the, I I personally prescribe like the the mental thing is quite good in the sense of like not so much okay this person does this role and yeah. like you know they can offer this and that and the other um, but if you can turn around and say it's like okay so this person does maybe the job that I want to do like but what did what did they do when they first started where like where did they yeah. start like did they like did they pick up little bits and it's all like or did they what did they prioritize did they sort of get know they need certain experience or did they work a thousand hours a day yeah. in order to get where they ended up and like and then ultimately you then have to decide on yourself is that something that yeah, you, do want, you to. want to do that yeah yeah, same yeah. As that. um or even if but just equally like just because that's the path that somebody else took to get to that point doesn't mean it'll be the same that will work for you mm. you've got to sort of make your own path if you will 
Um, on, I need to ask you the question. Obviously, it's uh, the the point of the podcast in, the, in general. <laughs> so we, we, I, I knew we'd end up rambling on this. Guy. Oh, yeah, of course you were. You're going to go down the rabbit hole and I'm decide just... you're going to ramble and rest. Yeah, yeah, that's we're going to talk about something. That's let's really let's pour a pint of Guinness yeah. whilst we're doing this. That's what we're best at. <laughs> um, yeah, so obviously, PGF, Personal Grove Friday. Um, obviously, you listen to every single episode and you love them all. all every about, week, uh, baby. Every um, week. Now... The big thing, and I, I I like to reword it simply, of just kind of what would you tell younger Cam? So like as you said, you know what, and I put this in a good way, you said about having that mentor and kind of, mm. you know, and they give you advice on the, you know, the fuck-ups they made, the good things they did, things like that, and like the lessons they learn. If you were mentoring young Cam, what would you say to him? Uh, I think... I was, I, I would, I'm going to have a bit of a cop out here, I think. I think one thing that I was always glad that I did when I was younger that I can try to continue to do is like ask the question, always ask questions, but most importantly, always ask the question that like no one else really wants to ask. Yeah. Like, because like inevit- inevitably, like there's always a question that people want to ask, but perhaps don't or. Yeah. I get accused of being a devil's advocate sometimes. Like, well, I say sometimes quite, quite, quite a lot. Um, and it's not a case of like just being a, a dick right. or being a dick take. Yeah. It's actually yeah. saying, okay, like, no bullshit. Like, what's what's the deal when it comes to this? Like, are you, yeah. are you yeah. glad that you ended up here? Like, did you work the 10,000 hours? Did you, did was the, the coin you made really worth it now for what you do? Like, do you, what do you prefer to have? you know, decent work-life balance. Do you prefer work every hour that God sends you? Yeah. You know, like, am I real? Is this is this re- a realistic option for me based on, um, you know, where where I'm coming from and what I've done so far and what sort of time period should maybe I think about if I'm going to do that, you know? Mm. That's certainly some of the hard questions that when I was resetting from the army, I had to ask. Yeah, because yeah. ultimately, like, people can beat around the bush and say, oh, there's some, there might, a lot of what that process is, is finding out if there's a job that's suitable or, and or available. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you don't need someone to be beat around the bush and be nice to you about it. It's like, you need to know if I'm a good fit, if I'm going to fit and, and know that ultimately it comes from a good place when people answer those questions honestly and truthfully. Yeah. And it tells you a lot about those people and it tells you, you find out a lot more about yourself because you, you know, understand the questions that really matter to you and the things that really matter and if you if you're not if you're afraid to ask those questions and sort of stand up and ask them mm. then you inevitably fade fade to black if you, if you want a better word and um i think yeah that's a bit of a cop-out of a question of an no, answer <laughs> <laughs> but, like, no um, it's not i i agree with actually because you know if, if you don't ask ask it you run the risk then of finding out the answer the hard way you know, yeah. and, and that's the thing that you just, that's the whole point of having the mentor and the, the person who's done it before is that they have made that mistake, you know, or, or they've done the right thing that, you know, led to success. And so what, why the fuck would you not ask? You know, like, and this is, and there are, <laughs> there are a lot of people, you know, a good 99% who won't ask because, you know, they don't want to intrude. They don't want to, you know, maybe they feel like it's a, you know, as you said, playing devil's advocate sort of thing. But you need to know the full scenario before you make a decision, you know, like, and if you don't know the shit side of even like, so I always say with all calls and, you know, a lot of the sales world, best calls in the world have shit parts, shit calls in the world have good parts, you know, like there, there's always the counter side. So even the people who are mega successful and they're like, 
you know, they're billionaires now and they're living their best life and that you they will still have a lot of mistakes that they've made. You know, oh, like Oh for sure. Like I think if I was gonna put in a bit of a follow up to and um, which is less of a cop out, <laughs> I'd uh, I'd probably go with like perception is everything, right? Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is not, you know, um uh, like you know, all balls and bluster and like showy and all that shit. What I mean is, you know, like everybody, uh, what's good for one person won't necessarily be good for another. Yeah. Um, you know, how you perceive a situation situation might be different to somebody else. So I, it might be a good fit for them. It might not be a good for you. And it's mm. like, if you're always looking over the shoulder, at what somebody else is doing and how they're doing it. Like there's certainly some, there's some, you know, positives if you will for taking on how other people work and whatnot but um being comfortable with what it is that you're doing and like and how you're doing it and how you're progressing and that's yeah. what you want um that's the main perspective that should really matter um as long as you're happy in that sense then you then then that other people's perceptions can often go fuck themselves yeah. uh but um you know of, of, I'm making it sound like advice isn't welcome, but of course it always is. But it's, it's all about being comfortable with who you are yeah. and what you're doing and all those sorts of things. And um, just bec- and it's, if you can take that ball with, and run with it, then um, you'll be just as happy in what it is you're doing. If you're, you know, chop, uh, you know, like mopping floors in Asda, as yeah, if you're yeah. being a 500 company guy. It's how you perceive yourself and what you're doing and how you what it is you want to do and to be. And then you've in that whole bit you're essentially defining what it is to mean what it means to be successful to you yeah it's, it's funny so my one of my first jobs i had i was in recruitment and my my team lead sort of the one who was like my mentor um he was the top biller and had been for the last like three years like the guy cleaned up you know like i'm talking like 30 grand commission in like one month like it was, you know it was laughing the man worked like 14 hour days worked on weekends work you know like and just was an absolute like trojan you know like never stopped and that was i think when i kind of learned what you just said then about like happiness is different to everyone sort of thing is that like i don't oh, don't get me wrong someone slaps 30 grand in front of me you know my pay slip you bought your hand i'm not, not, <laughs> not going to say no at all yeah i don't do anything but then i i, I used to say i'll do anything for that and then I used to watch him in the week and think, actually, I wouldn't do that. You know, like I, I, I used to, I know, for him, it was fine, you know, like, and he enjoyed it because he loved the, the end, the reward. But for yeah. me, I, I want the reward, but do I want it that much? You know, like mm. to be torturing myself Monday to Friday, you know, and even Saturdays. No, I don't, you know. Yeah, I mean, and that, and that comes back to like, you know, you talk about the way i think if anything but that's what COVID's done to a lot of people they've sort yeah. of realized you know what like it's forced them to look at themselves and what it is yeah. that they're doing and how they do it um in a different way mm-hmm. um which is often what people need a little bit of a blast in the face of something cold um to give them a bit of an idea of what it is that they're doing and what their day-to-day routine has become and if they're actually happy with what they're doing and that's why there's people changing jobs left right and center yeah. because they are realizing that actually i perceive myself to be a certain way and realize that actually it doesn't need to be like that and yeah. that can the balance that the the triangle we're talking about right at the start is you know it's that my perception of where i need to be what i need to be doing how it like where am i sitting in terms of this venn diagram like how does it work and is and ultimately does where i'm sat 
make me happy mm. and you know like what can i do or what can i change or how do i want to reprioritize myself or what i do in order to perhaps rebalance that in a way that makes me better i guess yeah, yeah. Right, Cam. Um, I'm gonna have to cut it. Um, I would like to continue, but I think. Well, <laughs> well you can always go on for a part two. And, uh... Yeah, I, you know, I'm. I'm. I'm thinking one week there'll be like a pub episode. You know, it's all recorded in like a, a pub. And if oh so... god, yeah, it'll be port scratchings and Guinness flying away. <laughs> yeah, the, the chat would be even more shit than normal, which is saying oh, yeah, something. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't bring my uh, army leadership books along and just uh, <laughs> start reading, how, like how how you quote like various different things and put it into inspirational speeches and just pretend I know what I'm talking. Yeah, about. yeah, everyone's like, "Oh fuck, this cam's a genius," you know. Like, and you're really... <laughs> I'll actually prepare for that one and just be like, "Jesus Christ!" And like, what, who pulled the monkey out of the bag this time? Yeah, we just quote Einstein. I'm like, is <laughs> um cam thank you very much it's been an absolute pleasure no, as it's always genuine pleasure man genuine pleasure um and thank you everyone for tuning in to another week of shy chat